podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. You are listening to Good Brothers. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. Peace, I'm just, peace. What's happening, my brother? Man, the the air is is green for the first time <laughs> in two weeks or something. Mm. So I am in as jovial mood you could be on a September uh, rainy, cloudy day. Um, man, so we're going to yeah. get into a couple things today. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to start, though, with... Uh, you know, for the last two weeks, we've been basically in uh, a smoke, a cloud of smoke here where I where I live locally, which is west of the west of the city in Beaverton. Um, and the, I mean, basically, in a, in a sense, I mean, there was already fires happening. Just to give folks some context, because I don't know folks that don't live in western states or states that are you know, commonly have wildfires and kind of know how this all goes down. You know, there was, there's always a fire somewhere. Like it's a, it's a nature thing uh, on one level. There's <laughs> always a fire somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are started by people being careless. And there's a great many that are started by lightning and started by, you know, other you know natural things. Um, lightning, you know, being one of the biggest. Uh, but what happened is, and if anyone saw, you know, there was a weather dip where, you know, cold air shot down the Rockies and like Denver was like, oh, it's 90 degrees. And the next day it was going to be 30 something in snow. Well, the other part of that weather system, and for y'all that don't know how weather systems work, you know what I'm saying? I need y'all to get out there and do a little, not a little, little study on the water cycle <laughs> and, and, and the way the air and currents move and, and the things. But basically, well, just, let, me just state, let, me, let me just state this just for the record. Much state like for the record. Civics, much like civics that we learn that we that we're allowed to fail and never learn we're also allowed to to fail any class that actually has to do with meteorology how the water cycle works um and how weather actually comes to be once you get past work break i just want to stay yeah yeah and that's a big part of why folks don't understand what's happening right and so normally here um so oregon um is is you know the places in Oregon that you probably most prominently know about are the places in the Willamette Valley which is where Portland is at the top you know of the river of the northernest most part of Oregon um or northernest part of this part of Oregon I guess it's a little bit more north um where the Willamette River meets the Columbia River but the Willamette River goes all the way down into uh the middle and central of Oregon then you get that same valley goes to like Eugene where the Oregon ducks are you know what I'm saying? For everybody knows the football Old and the ducks. ducks and the cool uniforms. You know what I'm saying? Nice, right. fantastic basketball arena. 
Um, and that part of Oregon is pretty very lush and green. It's two mountain ranges. There's a coastal mountain range, and then there's a, a the Cascades. You know, and this being you know traditional lands of of a great many um, nations of you know the uh, of indigenous people. Um, I'm, I, I can't run them all down in the way that we do when we're giving uh, props, you know what I mean, oh, at, and thanks yeah. and what have you at uh, public meetings and such. But I was, you know, going to love to like the, the Warm Springs, Grand Ronde Nations, the, uh, the Umatilla, the, um, you know what I'm saying, the, the other side of the river, the Yakima. And the, there's a whole lot of folks, and I don't want to leave nobody out by my. You wouldn't leave nobody like a hip hop, what's the name, like the end of like the. Uh... Like the insert of record label, we try and you try to leave nobody out. Yeah, I don't want to mess it up. But, whole crew. <laughs> yeah, but you know, this is we, you know, us us folks that are residing in, in their ancestral lands. You know, it's a valley that is you know green and trees, and and then you go east of the mountains. It's 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 markedly drier, and then it's like high desert kind of conditions and there's a part of it that's like super high desert where it's like you know like salt flats and all that when you get deep deep in the southeast what is now called oregon so in the mountains generally um you get these fires um it's a part of you know all over the west and then like i said most of the most of the country actually fires and wildfires um are actually also there's a lot of traditional knowledge by speaking of indigenous nations all across the Americas around using fire for land management and other things. So, uh, and I want to make sure that's on the record because there's an article I'll share in the notes um, that, you know, speaks to, doesn't, doesn't totally speak to that in the way that I've, other places I've gone, other times I've had the experience people speak to that, you know, some burning of the land and some allowing, you know, if it's not going to harm where people live, let the fire do what it got to do so that you don't have so much buildup of fuel. So back to the weather. So when that weather, abrupt weather change happens, instead of the winds blowing west out of the ocean that are usually, you know, have more moisture and are, you know, a little less, uh, you know, uh, violent, the wind went from the, from the, west, from the east to the west with hot, dry air, and at high speed. And it basically blew fires that were up in some of the, the, the mountain ranges east at, at high speed, you know. Um, and since it's August, and August, first week of September, which is the driest part of the year here, places are basically, you know, anything could start a fire. Um, like you, I was up. Uh, unfortunately, to for the folks, great folks at Brighton Bush, you know what I mean? One love to them. I'll put a link in mm -hmm. if you want to support them getting their worker collective uh, up and running again. Um, you know, we was up there the weekend before all this started, and if the one of the fires, which was the Beachy Creek fire, was, was burning, and a couple of the days we were there, you could smell some of the smoke because it would blow down, you know, into, up, up the mountain or whatever. And, you know, one... The wind changed. It blew the fire directly towards there, towards uh, the town of Detroit, uh, the town of Mill City, um, a couple of other places that are along the road to get there. And, you know, much love to those folks and those that are suffering. And if you can donate something, you know, so folks can rebuild their lives, uh, I'll see if I can find some links where folks can yeah. do that. Um, but, yo, guys, like, it's a real 
you know, like on TV, I know I don't know what it looks like when fire smoke, you know, happens or when a wildfire happens. And then you remember as a kid, they would have the Smokey the Bear. You know, only yeah. you can prevent wildfires and forest fires. And I used to know it from the you know the Pine Barrens context context in New Jersey. You know, at least when I was little, you know, like Cub Scouts and stuff. Because every once in a while, I think I think once we had a, some kind of Cub Scouts something, and it was canceled because it was fires. But you know, most of the you know most years, there's no fires that get close to like large population centers or cities or even reasonably large towns um but the it happened so fast like we got back to my our home like 4 45 in the afternoon mm. on that monday and we was just like oh man all right you know and it's like it was getting a little windy i was like oh man it's wind it's like yeah it's supposed to be ill wind change and da, da, da. And next thing i know got like it's like the, the sky color changed and the wind was like 50 mile hour gusts I'm like, oh, what is, what is, you know, so I go to look, find out what's happening. Like, yo, with this wind change and suddenly, basically, where we was at, the folks there that were staying had to be evacuated. And, you know, within 24 hours, you know, it was like towns on fire, valleys on fire, the whole nine yards. And um, it's, it's. Uh, and I know that last year that the paradise—I think I don't know if they call it the Paradise Fire—but the town in California that uh, mm-hmm. that, that burned down, like you know, when I would see them stupid memes and oh, they're they really use some space weapon or some bullshit like that—it infuriates me because I'm like, you, you dummies, you—if you, it's not cool. <laughs> It's just not cool. Like people really lose lose everything they had, and you making a damn meme to get people to click on something that really pisses me off. Well, well, I think it it kind of goes back to two of the points, right? Of number one, we fail civics. Number two, we fail science, right? (laughs) So you can't imagine that there are actually natural natural factors that create a situation that have a fire, right? Mm -hmm. And so you think that somebody was smoking a doobie in the in the park or somebody had a marshmallow of uh, campfire mm-hmm. and caused this, right? It's, so number one, you think that. Number two, you don't recognize that due to America being a different, you know, being, you know, in any other place, America really would be a lot of different countries, right? And I think sometimes it's important that we remember that. Because it has a lot of different landscapes, a lot of different terrains, right? So you may be in a place that has an entirely different terrain than even the part of your state, right? To say nothing of, are you part of a place like California, which is a country, could be a country in itself by land mass mm-hmm. as well as by population, right? Mm-hmm. So our failings around both of those things, and I want to say our failing around people understanding the role of the federal government makes us make memes about things that are a failure and breakdown of our society in actuality. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I, you know, because as I'm looking and watching it, right, obviously, number one, again, I want to send my respect and 
you know, uh, just positive thoughts. And again, so even talk about contributing. I think that's a good point. You might have to do that. Like to everyone impacted in a real way by these situations, um, especially given kind of the landscape of what I am going to say is the undeniable impact of, of, uh, of climate change. Although we, we acknowledge that these are, these are, these are natural things that are occurring. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and and it's the intensity because, because, you know, it's, it's well documented, you know, and I, and I can speak from even traveling. If you travel, between here and California in the summer, at some point you're gonna be somewhere where you you smell smoke, even yeah. though you don't see a fire, right? Because that's mm. a part of the that's part of the ecology. It's part of what's happening right. here. You know what I'm saying? Even there's years where the fires up in northern up off like Hudson Bay, you know what I'm saying, have blown wow. smoke down here. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't make that linkage because we act like, you know, these imaginary lines that make <laughs> state boundaries are something that the weather gives a damn about. But the uh, you know what I'm saying, like, so you know when you learn that, you know. But it's times like even last summer we went down uh, with some team from work to a, to a conference in Sacramento, and on the way back near Reading, I think we stopped to get food. And it, you know, the sky it wasn't super thick, but the sky was a little orange, and I could smell the smell. I could smell the smoke. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's, it's a thing that happens. But the you know you didn't get though where it's like. You know, it's a catastrophic, unbelievable, you know, like a million acres um, have burned since wow. uh, in, in, this, in, the, in, this, in this in this fire, these fires. So there's two kind of closer, like north, what you would call maybe like the northernest part of the state, one east of Eugene and then another one, as far as the big ones that just, you know, have those other little fires, the ones that you probably would find if you go look into it. Um, Southern Oregon by Ashland, Medford, you know what I'm saying, where people, you know, lost two whole towns, you know what I'm saying? Like residential wow. spaces burned down. Like it's it's not a game. Folks know that fire is a is an issue, is is a, is a is a factor of life here, but it is intensified by our climate situation. Like it being hotter and drier, you know, than it would be in other or has been historically means that when you get one and then with the land management practices, which, you know, and, and I think it's important to folks because I've seen, I, I, one thing I can speak to growing up next to a major highway, I've seen fires on the side of the road <laughs> before in my life right. in the summertime in New Jersey. It don't happen often, but I've seen it, right? We don't often think of land management as like a governmental thing that's important, you know I mean? Right. Outside of maybe like where something is placed or where people are or are not allowed to, you know, camp and, you know, you know, or set up home, you know, so to speak. But yeah. like policy around, you know, what happens with lands and lands that we consider public lands. And I should also make sure because I don't want to leave out folks understand that most of our the majority of our federal lands and national parks are lands that actually would be used and engaged with by our indigenous uh brothers and sisters and folks, mm -hmm. if not for, you know, uh, the the activity of the United States government and uh, you know, either or agreements that maybe were signed in treaties to stop resisting <laughs> the impact of the United States government through violence. So I think people should, you know, I encourage people to engage in, because there's a very robust dialogue about, you know, even the idea of empty land 
is a construction of our society. <laughs> like, it wouldn't just like, it's not like people, oh, they just would be, nobody would be there. Like, no, there would be people there doing their life, how they do it, if not for these other rules, right? And and something that is definitely a, 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 was a culture shock. I don't know if it was a shock, but a change for me or a different revelation. Because I always knew of like, you know, I mean, like I knew black people that was bikers, like they did like long road riding and like bicycle club, motorcycle clubs, and and they would go like to campsites to you know like down south and things. Um, but the dynamic of like whatever outdoor place as like where we go for family recreation is is a very prominent dynamic, especially amongst you know I, I, what I would frame as my white peers. <laughs> Right, where it's like, yo, we going to the, we going to this forest, we going over there. I'm like, oh wow, y'all going? Okay, like I didn't know, like I didn't know this was the thing to do. And um, so, yeah, because like, you're from, because you're from a place where the forest is the pine barrens. Yeah, I guess yeah. you, I guess you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, pine and for everybody who doesn't, everybody who doesn't know, because it's important to to talk about this, and some people have, you know, that might have a different perspective. But my time going through the Pine Barrens of the state of New Jersey, which is basically between everything, a large swath of land in between South Central Jersey and the shore. <laughs> and if you ever happen to get lost in the Pine Barrens, don't. It's not a, it's a very uncomfortable feeling because it's, it's, it's a, relatively <laughs> flat. It seems like you should be able to know where you're going, but you can't tell where you're going. You have no idea where you're going, man. It is sandy soil that looks like it could flood at any moment. And and, or you could just be devoured. Man. I had, uh, anyway, so I just, I just messed with you. So, so, but I guess just in, in thinking just about this and, and the way that this has all come together, being on the ground, what would you say to people to understand, like, the gravity of what we see and what are the things that we need to be thinking about going forward with this just broad, you know, Mm -hmm. broadly defined. Well, I mean, I think one is that like air quality and, and like how important it is actually to to have good air, like, like to be able to go out, like how fragile that, that can be. Um, you know, it's been about two weeks, you know, and it's like once something happens, it, there's not a lot. Like if the if there's a giant fire or and anything that would be like an environmental event, I think, of this nature, there's not much you can do. And there's not a whole lot of places to go. It's not like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe if you had the means, you could have hopped on a plane and flew out of here, like off the right. West Coast. Right. Right. But it was not a. A. Oh, you could just go over here. It was like, nah, man. Like, know what you could do if you if you're fortunate enough to have you know a decent HVAC system in your house. Close your windows. Make sure your stuff is sealed. If you got an AC, put it on. Circulate like, internally. Right, right. Because you can't bring it in. Keep, right. Because you yeah, you you can't really you can't just like crack a window like, and you just got to ride it out. You know what I mean, like, there's some other measures and some other things like, but it, it is a reminder of how how little you have actual control over as it pertains to our environment, if it goes out of your favor (laughs) and that you just got to ride through it. Um, So there's that piece. Um, There's the piece about like 
and, and I'm really sincere about this, the relationships sort of between, you know, like, kind of like what you would call like, oh, city people, urban people, and like rural spaces. Because, you know, we we might sometimes couch it as like a, oh, well, you know, then people don't like us or this and that, and then, or, you know, oh, out in the country, I don't want to be out in the country. And it's like, but at some point it's like, well, some of the 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 places I was in are that that are out in the country, so to speak, are places where some of your food comes from, some of the raw materials that maybe build your home or you use to repair things are coming from, and it's a it's not actually a service to any of us to have an antagonistic relationship because we we are our decisions impact each other, <laughs> right? Like what happens so, so with them. Go ahead. I don't want to go off into this, but I think it's important just to add on to what you're saying around this idea of the feudal uh, kind of origin of the debate between city and country mm-hmm. that really started in Europe and really even had religious overtones, right? Of like, mm-hmm. you know, you look back and we say, where were the pagans? The pagans were all of the country. The city people were certain people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, the pagans were out there, especially like in France, right? Mm-hmm. And so they had different value systems that then eventually religions had to start using kind of political structures to bring in, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about which holidays, but yes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, <laughs> like, we've always had the city-country dichotomy and even city-mouse-country mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our family members, many of us have bought into our family members, like, you know, the idea of the homeboy, right, was the someone that was from our home, that was from our city. Mm-hmm. But then now, you know, and I've been victim of it. I have been a, a party to this. The idea of like particular cities, act country, or particular, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're from the country versus seeing it as a broader relationship. But again, that's my point around when you don't have good government, when government is start working where cities see themselves as different than county, the country, countries see themselves as different. And then none of us have, or the people who live in cities, largely who are impacted by what happens in the country, from food to energy creation, right? To mm-hmm. solace, you know, whatever. Don't mm-hmm. really have an investment in the success of the country, even though you do, right? And vice versa. And and the people and from I the country don't have an don't have an actual interest. And then I'll just stop here. Politically, in a lot of a lot of states that have country or have rural areas, the rural areas, due to the idea of representation, have created outsized power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they get what they want and don't have to get it from you. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, I just, when you said that, it just really made me think about that dichotomy and how that dichotomy is not good for the state. That, that dichotomy is not good for the actual underpinning of the union. Yeah, and it, and it's it's a, it, it, it undermines us actually, I think, getting to solutions to some of the dynamics and the needs that we have and including the common things that we have. Drug addiction is drug addiction for humans, no matter where you happen to be situated on planet Earth. Like, if you're addicted to meth, crack, cocaine, heroin, 
opi- other opioids, alcohol, you still need treatment services. <laughs> no matter where you happen to live, right? Now, the politics of where you live may treat it differently. The politics of where you live may have different, may may lead to different facilities being available to you, right? But the human need for those facilities is still the same. <laughs> you right. know, and not that that right. not that drug policy should to, to guide us, but just from a human health dynamic. And it's a place where folks suffer in both places, <laughs> in cities and in rural spaces, because the what's available isn't adequate. Or in some cases here, which you find a lot with like youth treatment, there's these different facilities and places that are in rural spaces. And some of them work great for some of the young people when they go to them. Some of them, young people go there and they blow the doors out and they end up in the state institution because none of these places can really culturally manage with these young people. Well, these parts right. are kids of color. Right. So we get those dynamics. We get a, there's people who have invested in, you know, this idea that we have some sort of intractable, irreconcilable differences, like the movie from the eighties. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, but we <laughs> like, it seems like we would have a much more sustainable and uh, resilient society if we actually had some sort of re- reciprocal relationships that 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 had some connections of mutual aid and mutual well-being tied into them. Um, you know, I know that that could be a justice. Uh, you know, you're asking so much of the people justice, but I just well, uh, I think, but then I think, you're I think asking, like it's there. Well, you're asking so much of the people under the premise of going back to my point. If you fail yeah. civics <laughs> and you fail <laughs> science then you don't understand your broader conversation, right? And I mean, and, and again, um, Oregon, I think, is a little different, but not, you know, different than this conversation about, like, a California in particular, just looking at, like, LA's air and the Bay Area's air and, you know, kind of, like, this relationship oh, yeah. between the forests and just, or just the amount of green space, right? Well, I call it forest or green space or whatever have you. And how these yeah. things, like to your point, like really burn down people's houses, right? Like we watch this stuff in Malibu and Calabasas, and like, no, mm-hmm. like people's houses really get burned down. Like million dollar houses go to zip. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's one thing I will, <laughs> I will speak to, is the fire don't care about your class circumstances. <laughs> like, right? If it's a fire. You you in the jam now you know and then there's you know and uh, the piece that I'll share and it, there's a, that's an older one I hope I can find um, you know it gets into and I, oh before I say this I need to say just so also folks know and especially is a is an ongoing dynamic of Western states but also directly relates to the piece that I stated around you know the United States relationship with indigenous communities and uh, other things public policy wise but you know most of the land a lot of the land in California even like fifty four percent of of the land is owned by the federal government, <laughs> right? And a lot mm-hmm. of the land where some of these fires are starting and happening are all, is federal government land, right? That's so right. when people get into like, oh, well, the state, they didn't do this, they didn't do that with their land. It's like, what's well, happening actually on federal land that the state doesn't get to do anything with, right? Like getting in and understanding how all this stuff works is a, is quite a lesson. And, and, and I would encourage folks, you know, with, with, Related to climate change, you know, the other dynamic is that is is there's parts of the country that are now normally more humid and wet and other things during um, the summer, but the Smoky Mountains get fires too. Um, like 
It's not on. There's no. There's not a. Uh, where Pennsylvania, where Pittsburgh sits, is a place that used to get have forest. You know, could still have a forest fire. It's just not as much forest around. You know, central Pittsburgh to to to, to, to you know just because there's a city and all that. But like the idea that this is something that you know is just is a West Coast thing. There's there's you know there's mine fires across Western Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia, and Ohio where like underground it's on fire <laughs> right now. And sometimes part of that sinks and then that fire gets out and it burn, you know, and you get grass or whatever and brush fires. Like this is, it's not, it's, it's not as pronounced and the circumstances don't obviously don't pop up, uh, you know, in East coast and Midwest cities to the same degree and definitely not with the same level of sort of like, man, like that's a big ass fire. Um, but it, it is not actually something that is, is outside the realm of possibility in the future. Um, and, and then also, even if you put it in a different context, you know, the, if you have cities that are not being cared for and you have, you know, blighted, you know, when I say blighted, meaning abandoned structures, all of those are fire hazard, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just cause we're, we're years away. We haven't had, you know, a massive fire in a city. Um, you know, on the scale of uh, uh of the move. I mean, Oakland, sometime. I mean, I would argue, I would argue that Oakland Ghost Town joint or the Ghost mm-hmm. Building. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I, I think it's 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 death by a thousand cuts. To your point, right? Because I would argue that we just get used to a lot of homes burning down for much of the very same benign neglect. Mm-hmm. And we just normalize it. Oh man, the crib burned to the ground. And it ain't the old school the crib burned to the ground because somebody left a pot on too late with hot dogs in it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, that was the old school joint. Like, it was, you know, this is like, okay, it's electrical fires because someone's living in the house and no one's come to check if the electric, if the wires, wiring's good. Right. Right, it's got wiring right. so from the 50s. It's got firing problems. So, it, it, again, it still kind of comes back to this idea of this neglect and seeing the relationship of, of, of these things. Um, one point, last point, just want to make as we transition is um, what's happening out there, and again, it's a nuanced and complicated thing, and then connecting that to what's happening in the, in the Gulf Coast. Um, which I think is important for people. And I think, you know, American media is so segmented. We don't get an entire story of what's happening in America. But I think it's important for folks to look at what's happening in the Gulf Coast. They've had three hurricanes in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we're in the beginning of hurricane season. And so for, you know, folks in the Gulf and folks on the East, you know, that's like, you're taking a chance going to anywhere deep in that area between now and the first week of December. Yep. Right? But you've already had three. So what's happening in communities that have already been battered by our next kind of conversation? I just, I just think people need to just acknowledge that climate change is not this like... um seeable, touchable boogeyman. It's a real collection of things that have happened over time. It's like compound interest on our environment, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like 
one thing that you can point to. It's a condition, whether it's hotter and drier, whether it's rainier and more wet, whether it's the once in a lifetime stuff coming through Oklahoma and no in Nashville earlier this year, right? I mean, you just yeah, have yeah, enough yeah. information to really look at it and say that, you know, the impacts are real. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, and I was just sharing closing, um, I think, on this, uh, something uh, related to the question you asked us about, like, understanding that the the way people's are situated, you know, socially and economically, you know, they 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 stand to be harmed more by these matters than those who are situated, you know, in a different way. And that that is, you know, why these these policy issues and who's involved and like what what people are what people who are going supposedly to advocate for your best interests, what they are advocating for <laughs> really is important because it could lead to like whether your house, you know, here, just as an example, a big thing is with older homes not being bolted to the frame, to the foundation. And that if this super earthquake that, you know, could happen, happens, you know, it's people's homes who are going to be more at risk just because of construction policy from 40 years ago or 30 years, you know, 50 years ago. Right. 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 I mean, so just, you know, it's a slice. So, whew. So on a on a, I don't know if it's a lighter note, but a different note. I'm about to say equally dark note. <laughs> equally dark note. <laughs> basically six months of 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 this COVID life. And and when we decided to to like, you know, try to record something every week and and and, and stay abreast of the world. And um so I thought it would be good to like kind of go through just sort of like a look back and a look, you know, review of these six months, man. And um, so I, I, I'll just cue it up, you know, maybe what's, what's one of the points that you had in mind? Oh, uh, man. Um, so first thing I was thinking about, just was this idea when we first got into the stuff around COVID in particular, we were like, everyone was like, you know we're in the new normal, right? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone was juxtaposing the new normal versus the old normal in a way that we were going to like fundamentally change the way we saw the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that the old normal was the normal of not recognizing the impacts and not seeing the importance of collective activity and kind of a, the beginning of it was kind of a kumbaya moment, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm here to say that that while we the old normal is not acceptable, we're going to be really careful being thoughtful around what the new normal means too. Mm-hmm. Because any normal has winners and losers, right? Yeah. So while you could argue the old normal, and this is just COVID, and then kind of goes into other conversations that had winners and losers now we've all accepted that like some kids ain't going to school right like kids are going to be learning stuff on a computer at least for the next six to nine months depending on where you are Mm. that's a new normal and that new normal has winners and losers and I would argue that that new normal has winners and losers that are actually kind of spurred 
on by the old winners and losers. And so I just think when we're talking about this and recognition that there were systemic issues doesn't mean we shifted the activity. Like acknowledgement doesn't mean change. And, and I would argue acknowledgement is necessary, but insufficient. And I don't mean that it's like a, it's necessary, but insufficient. But I'm just saying it's different versus being like, oh man, it was messed up versus like, okay, you acknowledge it was messed up, but like, does everyone recognize what has to change? Because all the systems have to change, right? Not just the people in power, which I think is one of the things we've been working with through a couple of different things this year. Everyone has to change if you want the system to be different. Not the idea of you've been hurting me. So if you change, things will be better. Or if you listen to me more, things will be better. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not listen and like something we was building on, right? Not listen to us. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Me, right? Me, if, me. If, if, you, if you listen to me about the new world, then the new world will be better. But what about the people who you didn't listen to them? And are they participating in the same way? Are you a more enlightened version of the people who feel like they are qualified to represent the people, even if the people didn't put them there, which I know is a a challenging thing for me. But I I, I just wanted to say, I think we got to be really careful about because the new normal is. All right. We, now we're having conversations about an income floor, right? Which I think, in a way, again, nine months ago, a year ago, only certain cities were having conversations about an income floor. Now cities across the country, including Pittsburgh, I think, you know, we were fortunate to be in on the kind of end of the first run. Shout out to uh, Mayor Tubbs and, and the folks in Stockton, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for, for including us and the folks at uh, MGI. Um, you know, but we're having that conversation about this now, but let's be real. Look at the, look at the issues happening in state and federal governments. There's not some sort of coordination on thinking about an income floor for the people who are being displaced from jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's a, you know, um, I mean, I'll just, you know, just thinking about with that is the, like, whatever, our structures are still organized around like certain ideas around like what people are, you know, if, if you can't pay your rent, uh, you know, for most, most of American history is considered like a character flaw, <laughs> not a, mm-hmm. just something to go like, well, you know, some people can't pay their people. Some people ain't got enough money. Like they're, they're trying, like they may be working hard and other, but they, they, so what can we do? To figure out, so it's like, oh, well, we affordable housing. Let's come up with this idea of, of state subsidized housing. But then, you know, because resource certain, you know, aspects like, look, no, everything is something that I could profit off of. So I don't want the state to be uh, <laughs> a challenge, like a competitor in the market for this. Yeah, I mean, so therefore, you know, we, you know, and, and there's also other, you know, uh, constructed ideas around, you know, status and personage and self, you know, uh, self identification or whatever. Um, we don't so we still have maybe a shortage of housing right and mm-hmm. i didn't get to really mention this during all this is that you know all the different lengths that folks had to go to to have somewhere 
for those that were willing to go to get out of 450 PMI uh, air for right. enough time to, to survive through it, right? Right. These are choices in how we run our society that it's like, hey, man, like, you know, and I'm all for like egalitarian, like, yo, man, if you just want to be an aesthetic that like, you know, you walk barefoot through the desert, you know, and try to find awakening, <laughs> like, yo, I'm all for that. However, if you do do want to go inside and you don't have the means to do it, I don't think you should be outside suffering. <laughs> I don't think we should be like, well, hey, man, you could have got his high school diploma and, you know, <laughs> you could have picked up a trade and like, you know, if you suffering with addiction or mental health or just in a bad way for whatever reason, I don't think we should just sacrifice you. Right. And and currently we don't you know and it's it's the challenging thing even in a, in a state of in a moment of turmoil like now you have these things that are like people want that you want to change right now and it can sound like folks are asking you to be incrementalist right we're like oh well just wait we're going to slow we're going to do this and it's like well it's like some of the things we want to do even if, like if we had all of the political will i guess we could just do it but I don't know for sure because maybe we, we don't have enough rooms or buildings or things to like put people right. in or do this to them. Or if we put them in them in that, in that empty, well, that building's empty, put them in there. And it's like, yeah, but the part of the reason that building's empty is because it's filled with asbestos <laughs> and the plumbing right. doesn't really work. And then like, if you put people in there, then it's like, you, you put them people in that place with the nasty mold. How could you be so inhumane? It's like, well, no, we, we was trying to tell y'all that that building wasn't really suited <laughs> for human habitation. <laughs> Right, like right. it can become this other, these other pieces that are remnants of of past decisions or things that were intended for other uses, and 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 I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's when you're the person that wants to bring that up, that like, well, there's these restrictions based on you know these other laws of physics or these other things, like why we can't do that this way. Not saying we can't do it, we just can't do it the way that you're asking to be done, right? That when people will go like you're you're just you know you don't really believe in the revolution or like <laughs> whatever. And I'm well, like, and, nah, and again, and that's and that's what the change is with everybody, right? Like we all have to start. I, I mean, so I, I I posted something recently. I don't want to timestamp this, but I posted something like, "Hey, you know, when outside was open and other people let us into their countries, right?" Because. <laughs> mm. I think we downplay the fact that we can't leave America right now. I mean, you can go to yeah. like renegade countries with people who've cut deals with the American government, <laughs> but like you can't go to where you want to go besides probably Dubai, right? Which is probably like that in some ways. And, you know, I don't want to get jammed up for this, but the hamster dam of like American <laughs> global commerce, like, yeah. like, yeah, you can go to, you can go to Dubai. <laughs> Everyone can go to Dubai, right? Like it's mm -hmm. Dubai. But you can't go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I so, can't go to Canada, B. Canada's so right think, there. <laughs> think about it. You can go to Dubai and, and certain countries in Africa, <laughs> but you can't go to Canada, right? And so we have downplayed the fact that the rest of the world had figured out that an income floor is not only, and I'm not just using the income floor for this, but just in general, that there's a social safety net that is not only morally important, but it's economically important, right? Mm -hmm. And in some strange way, the man who is currently occupying the White House got it yesterday, where he was like, I mean, we should give more money. It all comes back to the economy in some way anyway, right? <laughs> so 
<laughs> like, no, no. So, so the point is, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Even he got the fact <laughs> that if you give people the money, we have an right. American economy based upon consumerism. Yeah. And guess what? Poor people are not going to hold the money. Rich people hold the money. That's why tax cuts don't work, right? I mean, it's the fundamental reason why tax cuts don't work. And I mean, the big tax cuts, right? Because people already already have money. Oh, you gave me some more? Cool, I'll put it over there. Poor people (laughs) don't put it away. Yo, I got to pay this. Oh, word. We got this. We could do this. We can make this other move. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And as much as we make fun of and you know what, guy? I want to say this. I don't want to go too far off on this, but I want to say this. From a macroeconomic perspective, the fact of how much we make fun of people who go spend their tax returns is actually really silly. Yeah. Because your economy is based on, our economy is based on consumerism, which we see now. So now a lot of us are complaining, I can't go to my favorite restaurant. I can't go to my favorite this. Or oh, these people are only open right now. Yes, because no one's spending money. But in January of every year, when people spend money, right, we laugh at them. But, but let's oh, make yeah. no mistake. That keeps other people employed. Some of them are your cousins. Yeah. That are employed because of people are spending money. So the idea of an income floor or support for people right now is not just a uh, a moral thing, which I think that we should leave with moral vision and clarity, but it's also a really clear economic vision of give people the money they need until they can get back on their feet to be able to figure out where we're going. But everyone has to understand it from a macroeconomic perspective too, not just this idea of give people stuff, but they have to spend it. Like to your point, put them in that house. Is that house okay? And if that house is not okay, then it's not okay. Right? And, yeah. and, and we, have to, we have to be okay with the fact that someone might own it who may have been passing from their families who actually may own either owe money on it or might be using it to pay somebody else. So you might can't squat in it to take it over. Yeah. Because right. there might be some other things going on with it. So that, I guess that's just my point. Not to go too deep yeah. into that, but my point is just that there are other complications that we all have to shift and the new normal is going to take an entire societal change, not just the people you think are in power. Yeah, I mean, that's the only point I would want to add to that, though. That thought, too, is just, like, it, it's in, and it kind of references back to our other thing. It's in everyone's best interest that no one, that very few people are in such a deplorable state, right, of their life, that they say, fuck it. <laughs> fuck all this shit, right? Because, like, if people, if, if you have, a, you know, when you get to a critical mass of people, are just like yo this thing is so wildly unfair to me that man so what yeah you know i mean like so what let it let it i don't care i don't care how bad it right. gets because it's already terrible um you know like you, you sow the seeds of like you know the end of your thing you know now not saying that i think everything about that that, that is a facet of our society is something that should remain um but also i do i do not look at or think about the idea of you know 15 to 20 years of, of, of whatever forms of violence and mayhem and fighting and power struggles and, 
or longer <laughs> is some 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 idea to romanticize. Like I've studied, uh, going back studying, I've studied enough about the world that sometimes it's revolutions and it just goes for 50, 60 years and no one really wins necessarily. <laughs> you just have 50, 60 years of fighting. Like, like right. you know, so just so folks, you know, get have a clear understanding. And then the other thing is like, if if we have the opportunity to create a society and, and, and move the society to a place where it's like, no, we go, you know what? It, I think it's actually important that everybody has an opportunity to get their basic needs met. Basic needs. Like, you know, you know, you, it ain't gonna be like you know. It might come with the crib, it might come with a futon. It come with a futon. It don't come with the uh, with the with the you know the plush. You know what I mean the plush uh, velvet top. Yeah, you know I'm saying. But it's like yo, if yeah. you ain't got nowhere to be, we are gonna go, let's get you in someplace. Like I don't think that that's a a bad houseless person policy. Just go. You know what? It'd be a good idea. Let's just have somewhere. If you want it, we can put you in there. We we'll get you in there within thirty days. Like if you come in and say right. I need somewhere to be and I want to be somewhere that we got word up, we got you. We're going to get like you plugged that. in. <laughs> right. Like, like, right. Like, it ain't even, you know, and, and it's like, hey, and if you like it, you can stay as long as you want. If you don't like it, uh, you know, you can use it to make your move to go somewhere else that maybe you could you could pay for something nicer. You know what I'm saying? And not nicer in that, like, it, it should be meet, you know, basic humane conditions and <laughs> be clean and have good water and not have mold. And, you know, you should be able to close your door and feel safe that you can sleep without worrying about somebody, you know, coming through your door. Like, I, I I just struggle where people don't see that those that idea is like, yeah, you know, that's actually probably good for everybody. If most people are like, you know, I'm, I got what I need. You know, I got some other, I got some personal stuff happening. I got some stuff that, I got some stuff that I got an issue with do, you know, dude from the 12th floor or whatever, or I got a problem, you know, I got some other issues over here. But one of my issues is not that I can't eat <laughs> when I need something right. to eat. You know what I'm saying? necessarily or i can't sleep in, a, in in inside of uh walls that you know are not filled with asbestos or some other toxic substance or you know what have you so yeah and and i think that 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 vision of like and it's something i, I would just uh, as a i don't want you to get to another point in, in the last six months that like even with doing the pod like some of the the i feel like some of the i i wonder and i was thinking about this today because i guess we should you know we could time step a little bit that roof crater Ginsburg uh passed, you know, yeah. just before we are recording this. Yeah. And and the idea that like I mean people pass, I mean, this is a major and props love to her. This is not me, this is not really about her necessarily, but it's about, you know, because of our condition this year, every every loss feels like elevated. <laughs> you know, I mean it right. feels like it stands out more than maybe it would have in, you know, 2017 or 2014. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh snap. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, damn. Like I'm stuck in the house, and you know what I'm saying, it's a global pandemic, and you know what I'm saying, like, it, I wonder how many things, uh, in any other year we would be mournful or grieve and celebratory, also, but also would be like, yo, but they got the, they, you know, you go on the wing night, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> like people would be yeah. like, yo, I'm going up to two, there's a new rooftop spot. You know what I'm saying? It just opened. Yeah, we should go check it out. Man. Yeah, every everything everything's a gut punch, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that's the idea right now that everything's a gut punch. Um, where I think everything's a gut punch one because you're watching TV all the time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or you're always in the house. So yeah, everything's a gut punch when you're thinking about everything because you don't. To your point, you don't have the other stuff 
to do so that you don't think that everything is a gut punch, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think it's the, you know, it's the kind of, uh, how can I say this? You got me saying all kind of un, un uh, politically correct stuff tonight. <laughs> I think it's the thing of shared trauma. And mm-hmm. here's what I'll say. From my vantage point, the death of, um, you know, Judge Ginsburg is uh, horrible from my political in- in perspective. But there's just, I've seen 20 pictures of her as the notorious RBG, um, you know, just just a whole host of stuff, right? To the point where yeah. I've argued, how many people have thought about her jurisprudence over time? Now, again, and if I was to compare her to Scalia or if I was to compare her to some other people, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. But did you agree with her jurisprudence? Did you agree with her reasoning for her jurisprudence? Have, right? you, read this, had, her have you read any of her dissents? Dissents, yeah, absolutely. Like, don't, right? don't like, I mean, like, on one hand, dig it, but, like, if you ain't never really read none of them, like, none, don't be posting no picture about her. Do like, you know who maybe. was clerk? Did, did, are you saying she had, like, great people that clerked for her that now are judges, right? I mean, again, there's a, you know, in the, in the political world, there's a whole bunch of spaces that you could uh, kind of think about why somebody would honor someone, but I need to know why you're like that, not because I don't respect her and honor her as a Supreme Court judge and not because I don't understand the idea of what Mitch McConnell is about to go do. Not what Donald Trump's about to go do. This is about Mitch McConnell, which goes back to this conversation about power in the Republic. Yeah. Right? Because in the Republic, when the senators, everybody gets the same votes. You know what I mean? And so it puts everyone on the same level in a way different way. So anyway, I yeah, I just think, you know, we need we need to have that conversation because without it, yeah. we're just like, okay, we're passing trauma to each other and everyone's gonna post the same four pictures of her with yeah. a biggie crown or like, over like you know what I mean? It's like, okay, we're passing this trauma with each other, which is also part of this time that we're learning to pass trauma. Right. And we've seen it so much with so many other videos, Um, you know, so, uh, you know, the the other thing that I've really been thinking about for the last like six months is, you know, the last six months has shown me that nothing exists in a silo. Right. So Mm. my point is, we, we came into this and, you know. Some people in our government said this was a China virus, which totally obscured the fact that the city, the cities or the cities and states that got the most harmed by this and the immediate, uh, you know, kind of onslaught or onset got it through Europe. Yeah. Right. Because we were so busy calling it an Asian virus that we forgot that it, that it mutated in in Europe and got to the East Coast. Yep. So we didn't know which one we were getting over this side. Why everyone's looking at, oh, wow, it went to Washington first. Oh, now it's in Oregon. Yeah, you had one of them, but we had the mutated version. 
we had the remix. That right? Went hard. The remix did numbers. Just like every like Diddy. The remix did numbers. <laughs> the original might have been whatever. But he made the remix, you know what I'm saying, work. So we got this, and then we're and everyone's like, ooh, who's gonna get sick? And then you start being like, oh, who's getting sick? Hey, this is a disease, a virus rather, that actually makes people sick who are already sick. Well, wow, who's already sick? Really old people, really sick people, people. black people, brown people, right? right? Like people who live close to each other, and that and that we ignore that are always sick, right? Mm-hmm. We ignore that the fact that people in many of these cities and towns, the indigenous uh, uh, nations, right? Mm-hmm. The native nations, not just people, but they're actually nations. They, you know, they got their own land <laughs> and they got their own stuff, right? Yeah. But they're the people who are often sick, but they're obscured from our vision. And so these are the people who are getting more sick than everyone. Everyone's like, ooh, oh, wow, we didn't know that that was the case. Well, you didn't know that was the case because, you know, um, these these folks also are, sur- are suffering from all the other social determinants of health and are negatively impacted by that. Oh, and they're also the people that get stopped by the cops and killed. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what makes what right. and they're also the people who are the first to lose their jobs because they work uh, you know, kind of service jobs. Where a lot of us, you and I included, have the benefit of working from home. Mm-hmm. But how many people do we know that don't have the benefit of working from home? Yeah. Right? And so how many people that look, that look like us don't have the benefit of working from home? How many people did you serve? How many people that I have to think about don't have the benefit of working from home? Right? So I just think we should, one thing I come from this is nothing is in a silo, man. The problems of this country and of this society and of this world, because it's also global. I mean, global capital moves how global capital moves. And actually, outside of a couple things, individual countries' issues don't really change the global capital flow, generally speaking. Mm. But like, these things are not in silos. So the problems of our community are not just police violence. Right? The problem of our community doesn't get, and I'm going to say this, the problem of our communities don't get solved by getting rid of police. Because police are the last bastion. They are the last frontier of the concerns around our public safety and quality of life. Mm -hmm. They're not first. And I'll argue that with anybody. They're not first. I see that. They're the end game. They're the immediate violence. There's violence happening to us from people who look like us because of the economic systems that create conditions that foster those things. There are people who are dying before their time because we have created systems that don't allow people to get the proper medical treatment, right? There's a whole bunch of deaths that happen, right, that everyone gets comfortable with. If they've happened in my family, they've happened in your family. So it doesn't matter even the conversation around what we all know, right? In this context. Mm-hmm. It's people and in, in, in everybody we know that have quote unquote died before their time because of the social determinants of health. 
And most of them, frankly, being honest, weren't killed by the police. Yep. Now, they were impacted by the police, but they were impacted by the police because we're over-policed because of the idea of criminality, which emanates out of the economic system that so many of us find ourselves in. And when you got rid of other systems, the, pr- the prison industrial complex was created in a post-industrial American society. Mm-hmm. And so... I think we just have to have a we have to have an interesting conversation in the black community, not alone in the black community because black people alone are not responsible for black people's problems, but also when we talk about going and talking about our challenges, we don't need to talk about it in an isolated way because you get to a stalemate that those who don't want to make those changes, they can't wait to to watch us get stuck in a stalemate. Right. And I, and I think it's really important to elevate that when someone that wants to maintain the status quo, the most important thing, the thing they want you to do is stall out. They don't actually mm. need to like implement a countermeasure. <laughs> right. right. They're about to do this next thing to you. Like, no, they just need you to stall out on the thing that would force them to have to adjust <laughs> by the mm. way that you're organized or the way that you're situated. So it's like, Oh, uh, you know, oh, you know. So, I I can imagine those persons look forward to like a, a group of people who may be organized organizing around you know around, around police and, and state sanctioned violence, and a group that's organizing around housing, and then coming to opposing uh, point of views and going like, oh right. man, like great, because that means both of them are not really going to maybe get where they want to go. Which means that in the meantime, whatever exists is going to keep going, because <laughs> because you gotta because the 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 way the, the world works, you end up having to deal with what you got to deal with presently, um, you know. And as I, I I shared earlier in some of our conversations over these six months, is like you know as entropy slows things down, and circumstances things happen, and other circumstances happen, like how focused will people be? on what they want to see changed. And it also always starts to reveal the different places where, and I think it's poignant that you brought up no silos, like where the power to change things that are happening around you exists and what are the different places. You know what I mean? Some, some of those things are definitely right in the hand of, of a local official. Um, some of those things are in, in, a, in a national state level or a federal level. Some of them are in private business. Some of them are in attitudinal <laughs> discretion, you know, of, of 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 the officers that that happen to be around you. Some of it is also in what your neighbors is up to, what their plans are about life and how they see things. Some of it's up to real estate law. Like it's all these other places where power that in, in decisions around what happens and how you experience life are are made and being made that are not all like these easy to grab and you can just point to this and do it differently. You know, and there's a large space. It's not the only space, right? Because we need right, other systems right. to align with, but there's also a large space for how you try to organize yourself and situate yourself, you know, against whatever those entities or those energies are. Um, and it's, it's, it is, it, I mean, it is the, you know, I would say one of the most challenging, you know, realities of, of humanity is like, if you, have a, a flood of humans doing things this way, and then you're like a human that wants to go that way. 
you're going to wrestle with the people <laughs> when you're trying to go the other way. And you're also going to wrestle with all the stuff that comes with the people that is organized and designed and fitted to suit the other way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, if you are trying to get more people into a neighborhood and it's all like single family, you know, two bedroom cribs, and you're trying to find a way to like make it hospitable for more folks and not have, you know, but also, you know, make the neighborhood itself work and the rules and how someone owns it. And it's like, oh man, like, so wait, you family, I can't just do this. It's like, well, you can't do this. Cause if you put this covenant in and this other rule around basements, you can't put an apartment in. But like, what if I just have an apartment, but I don't tell nobody like, well, I'm not going to ask your business. Just don't get, don't have any complaints that lead to somebody inspecting the crib. Like it becomes all these other weird <laughs> things where people are trying to find a way to do what they want to do and meet their needs. But then there's like, factors that like someone may find themselves in a position where it's like damn like I don't, these people aren't bad people but also um you know i work here and unfortunately this is what i gotta i gotta go give them a, i gotta go you know do a house inspection or i gotta you know yeah that's your water you know if your people go buy a crib and you find out there's some weird room in a house because people built some shit you know outside of code which is fine <laughs> right. if they want to live in it but now when you're trying to fix it <laughs> You're like, what the hell was they doing in here? Right? Like right. these are these are, you know, that and that can be sort of like a trivial thing, but it is a it's a it's a real thing. And then it's like, you know, then when we get into thinking about the things that serve where you live and place and space and like how much where you are and where you're from not can be a part of your identity. Like you get you just got a lot of you got a lot of factors that that require, in my eyes, a conscientiousness. Um, they require a level of focus. Um, and as we talk about, well, what what would be the, you know, if if the present infrastructure points you to live a way that isn't really in line with what your needs are telling you, how do we get mm -hmm. those two things to find equilibrium in a way that is most mutually beneficial to the people that need, that want the change? And to me, that's like the fundamental thing that we end up wrestling with. You know what I'm saying? When we start talking about gentrification and displacement, like, yes, we're also talking about these economic factors. We're talking about, you know, the 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 legacy of past decisions, <laughs> right, that mm -hmm. were explicit about, like, hey, we don't want these people by those people, so the easiest way we can influence the behavior is put, like, yeah, if you buy a house over there, it's not going to be worth nothing. And we won't, and, and further, we won't let you use the tool <laughs> to buy it right. over there. So therefore, you just effectively, unless you just got a whole lot of independent bread and you coming in with a with thirty stacks cash, you probably not buying no crib over there. You sure as hell ain't fixing it up, unless you or again, unless you happen to be have a family member that's handy, right? That's got trade skills, so they could do it themselves if they could buy it. But you know, again, like it's these cascading set of circumstances that are that are created, you know, by the conditions that we that people have been put into, not necessarily, uh, you know, by a, a clear Orwellian like presence, but a very Orwellian outcome in that it puts you in a bad mm. spot just trying to like take care of yourself. Right. And so then you you if you 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 know as our community, you emerge in in this age from that history and you're like, well look, man, we still, you know, we pretty sharp and we want to do these other things. And then you then you start running into like all kinds of new weird, you know, oh so you're not a cultural fit for this agency or like, <laughs> you know, 
like I said, I, I would be thinking about how there's certain dynamics, and even for me, someone that's worked in nonprofits and, 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 and community things most of my life, you know, outside of a stand in customer service and, and then some other some other little jobs here and there. There's a whole world of working in like a Fortune 500 company. I really don't, I have no personal experience with. Right. Right. But for, for thousands of people, all of those norms and expectations and practices are just a part of their thing, right? So they're, you know, they're home right now, working from home for the first time, finding out how bad their kids is. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. They like, they like, you know, and they're like, man, well, you know, this, you know, or you know, which is probably also a dynamic figure. People realizing that <laughs> they really liked each other when they wasn't seeing each other all day every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because because so. again, our structures are and that goes to the new normal, right? Our structures were based upon certain premises, so we organize a lot of behavior based on those premises. Which you know, the the philosophers amongst us and the activists amongst us should want us to look a little deeper, right? But now yeah. we have a whole bunch of new ones, and the question is, should you see somebody all the time? I'm not even you know what I mean. Like, is that the right way to live? That there's no distance? Is that what makes a relationship? Because honestly, some people are going to flourish, some people are not, right? Yeah. Just like in the old way, right? Some people flourished and some people didn't. So it's like one of those conversations of like, what do we want? But going back to your point about Jackson Rising and so much stuff, the we is important. The royal we. Mm. Not the theoretical we, not the intellectual we, right? Mm. But the organizing we, <laughs> the engaging yeah. we, to actually think about democracy as far as creating a republic, right? So, you know, again, and, and I think these things, um, these things are important. You know what I mean? Um, because obviously we have so many challenges. So we really have three challenges, right? We have the health challenge that still hasn't gone anywhere because, you know, y'all having parties and stuff and still won't let me out the country. <laughs> so, I, so I can't go to cool places, other cool places in the world because, you know, Americans can't control themselves, right? Then obviously there's the latent and actual uh, shocks and stressors of racism and white supremacy and and structural um kind of uh, benefit that white people and people with money derive just by the nature of our society right mm-hmm. and so okay so then you, you have you have those then you have the economic tsunami that has emerged out of kind of all of this, right? So you have these like three different things that have converged at one time to be able to impact people. And if you just had one of them, maybe we could talk through it and write a couple articles and, you know, do some Nike ads. Shout out to Nike, but, you know, um, let us know, you know, uh, just (laughs) out here pounding the pavement. I'm running these miles, so whenever you're ready, get busy. Um... Pedigree, Absolutely. pedigree run crew, just come on, just bring it on in. But like, <laughs> like, come on home. Come on, bring it on in, man. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> one of them would have been sufficient for some of the performances, right? But three of them? 
No, you got to evaluate a lot of stuff. But then you got to evaluate it and say, and you're, and you're not responsible to to solve 500 years worth of problems in 30 days. You're responsible yeah, yeah. to think about the macro, micro, you know, economic impacts of what's occurring. You are we are all responsible for that. You're not responsible to make it good and erase the erase the harm, but we are responsible to be thoughtful. So the six months has been really um, challenging, but also to be to be square with you, for me it's been good, and I don't mean good in the way that obviously people mean winners and losers. Good, it has slowed the world down for me. That a lot of the assumptions that I always made about how things were functioning were no longer functioning. Mm -hmm. So then I had to engage other things in my own world. I had to start saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to go run. Why? Because I can't go to the gym, right? (laughs) It started as something very fundamental. Can't go to the gym. Gyms are closed. So you got to go run. And then once, even once the gym opened, I didn't really want to go to the gym (laughs) because, you know, because it's a gym. (laughs) And so, but from that, I've now learned to love running. You know what I mean? And just want to do it. And just like get out and move for an hour and a half. Like, when would, you, when would I have done that? You know? Like, I even looked yeah. at people who did that as kids and like, oh man, y'all, y'all running too long. I'm trying to run for like between 11, 11, 22, or 49 seconds. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the one to two or the four. Where now it's like, I might run for an hour and a half and be like, oh man, this is amazing. This is great. Right. So it's a meditation. But I also know that there's a there's a there's a privileged perspective to be able to engage the world in a way that I did, you know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well the thing I'll add is um yeah, and pivoting towards that note that like yeah. the I mean, you know, everything everything that folks are experiencing that's that are more acutely going wrong are things that were problems already. Mm. They were not, they were not things that were not problems, right? right? They was already there. Just less people either were experiencing them, less people were experiencing them and, or less people were were being able to be made aware (laughs) about the people who were experiencing them. And how horrendous it is, how horrendous it was or is, you know, they can try and speak of the past and the present at the same time or the future, right? And, and, you know, and and it can be difficult in these days because there's people that are, you know, I I mean, I I imagine for uh, many well-meaning police officers, they're like, damn, I mean, you know, it's like, nah, you know, be like, I mean, this ain't necessarily about you. But it's a reality of your profession. You know, and I said on I said on this podcast, we could start the clock when the next one's gonna happen. And the doggone yeah. it did not three months later, right? It's in it's already the the issue is already in the works. The the, the fires we experienced, the client damage has already happened. <laughs> right? You ain't felt the effect yet. You know what I'm saying? In some years you might get spared, right? So some years you don't get a big you know, we don't get the fire that we got this year in two weeks of being basically having to be in the crib. 
and then it happens. And what are you going to do? You don't see, you don't get, you know, you, you, you growing up and living on the East coast, especially in New Jersey, but like, you know, having relations in, in the Southeast, you know, some years you can get through without getting hit by the, by the hurricane ain't hit here. And no oh, people are hurricane ain't hit here in 15 years, but this your year, right? <laughs> right? Like, right. like this is your year. You know what I'm saying? And when we get to the dynamics of people's living conditions, right. Um, you know, the trade-off in a lot of part of our society, we say that, you know, if you have more economic privileges and whatever, you can get a bigger house or, you know, and if you have less, you got to do with a smaller place, you know, a smaller home and for whatever that means. And you may have to put more people in a smaller home. Well, with that comes all of the uh, the potential risks of, you know, if you ask a question like, is that optimal for eight people to be in a two-bedroom crib of, of, of whatever kind? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is there a, is there a reasonable trade-off like you know that and it's not to say that people you know when people might have a lot of kids or they may have, they have all kinds of reasons if they want to live tight that's that's their that's their prerogative but if they as a family would like yo we could we would actually like a little more space between us but just our economics and dynamics we don't have the means to do it to get there right do we have some responsibility to each other to say how can we ensure that whatever people's living conditions, whatever their life situation is, is something that is more of their choice and more than of this is just their circumstance and they just, you know, they got to ride that out. And, you know, you know, I, 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 you know, I advocate the reality of people understanding natural consequences of decisions. And then also with that, you know, bear in mind that, you know, the choices that people make are not, they're never, from a place where they always just have sort of this objective opportunity to like, I could go do this other thing. It's like, sometimes it's like, nah, this is the lot that you in and you just trying to deal, you know, you got these cards and you trying to play these cards. You know what I'm saying? I've been playing right. electronic spades <laughs> on my phone. Right. And it remind me like sometimes you get a hand, it's a lot of cards, but they all stink. <laughs> like all of these cards is whack. Can't do nothing with these cards, man. All of, I can't even go nil right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, you know, and this is what this this time I think you know has brought to the front for people. And I, you know, and 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 to me, it's a within the the pain and the hardship is also the opportunity to engage the issues that are underlying these outcomes. Hopefully, right. And if people are bold, you know, people are focus people push people are willing to open up and say hey man well let's talk about how we can get our block straight or you know we how our church could do something different or how our church could help or how our, our temple could help or let's see how our organization that maybe we always done this but man maybe we really should be doing that <laughs> right or like this you know whatever your entity that can make some kind of impact that is is, is not just you because it because it, you know our our society's fascination with the individual responsibility to change everything <laughs> is is, yeah. is misguided, right? Like every, you know, you know, you can see that also with our current issues with uh recycling, where you know, since China doesn't want to buy our plastic anymore, most the whole lot of plastic that used to get recycled is just going in the trash, right? But we right. stake the whole people agreed on a whole campaign to be like, oh, it's like personal, like recycling is like personal responsibility. Like, no, recycling is it's a finite planet, dog. <laughs> like right. we only got one of these. <laughs> Until y'all get this whole spaceship thing figured out, <laughs> we only got one planet. 
So, and most of us ain't gonna get, you know, I, you know, my number is at least 500 years. So there's like a real, you could like leave in space and like be up out of here, you know, and that's, if that's possible, <laughs> that's my, you know what I'm saying? It's like 500 years probably. So, yeah, I mean, like this, uh, you know, and, and, and the stuff that we've talked about, you know what I mean, has been, you know, we've tried to have fun and try to remind people that like, you know, missed all this hard stuff and heartache. Like, you still got to smile. You got to, you got to crack. You got to have jokes. You got to, you know, listen to good, listen to good music. You know what I mean? Go have a, I mean, have a nice meal. <laughs> like, still fine. You know, and, and then like, you know, if, if you got a family, you know, man, have fun with your family, man. Like, if you got kids, man, go do something fun with your kids. I'm being no yeah. old grumpy, grumpy McGrump grump. You know what I'm saying? Go do something nice with your partner. You know what I'm saying? Go like, you know, yeah, sure. watch a movie together or something. You know what I'm saying? Find some. Find something to make. Find something. Don't 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 be imbalanced. You know what I'm saying. I guess is my general thought. Because because nobody wins anyway. And our and so much. And I'll just I'll stop here. So much of our society is based upon us being imbalanced. There's so many components of our society that actually function because we're imbalanced with each other and ourselves. Mm-hmm. That the the I mean outside of obviously activating to think about the broader things in the world. Some of the number one things we can do is actually shift how we shift our perspective and how if you want the economy, because the economy, if anything that I know about being plant-based for all this time, the economy will eventually respond if there's enough money in it. Now you may not like you may like that or may not like that idea, right? Yeah. yeah. But the economy will respond. The economy has not responded to plant-based foods because they don't want to eat. You know they they want to give uh, grass eaters the <laughs> the opportunity. They've done it because it's money in it, yep. and, and we should be clear about that, right? So there is a part of changing your personal behavior does change the broader society, right? Mm-hmm. There there is part of that that I think we need to underscore sometime in ways that we don't. Because sometimes it's easier just to be like, no, 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 it was about the collective. Yes, but a whole bunch of us collectively, this, this deciding how we spend our money has a broader vision. Yeah. 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 Well, so. it, it goes to like, you know, I guess in reference to what I was saying before, is like a bunch of y'all have to agree, <laughs> which means y'all have to get into the same idea. But y'all both got to go like, mm. you know what? You know what? It is good that, uh, that I, that I eat vegetables, and, you know what I'm saying, and I, and I eat more of them, like fresh ones, and I cook them. Even if I still eat a little bit of beef, I should eat, I should eat a, right. a a good bounty of, of fresh vegetables. Like I shouldn't have like my my plate is 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 four types of brown, three of which are a processed uh, chip of some kind. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. you gotta you gotta get some veggies in there, man. Some, some fruits in there. You know what I'm saying? Mix that bad boy up, man. Maybe maybe skip a meal. You know what I'm saying? Have have some juice. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, there's, right, there's opportunities right. out here to, to to mix up how you take care of yourself. Um, you know, and we just, you know, but that's that's what I mean. That's what we are. You know, I guess you could say we are all in the, in the business of, so to speak, and saying, "Hey, man, there's there's other ways you could approach this thing called life." You know, yeah. we'll check some of them out. And, that's right. And you could and you could get off the grid on some of them. Some of them you stay on the grid. But yeah. that's the broader thing I've taken out of this because I've gone on the grid about something like I ain't running bare feet. Right. So 
I've gone on the grid <laughs> about spending a certain amount of money on shoes and and things to actually perform the thing I want to do well. But I've also seen the benefits of what it means to invest in myself doing well. And what does it mean when we when we broaden that out? What does it mean we give again going back to the income floor? Uh, stock and all at me. We doing good today, but like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? What does it mean to give people the money to invest in things that they think are important? Right? Like, cause the idea is okay. Well, we can't trust you, so we'll just give you food stamps, right? I mean, think about that. Right. So then we, this way we you don't can only spend it on food. You can't use it on the, right on your shit. Not realizing. Stuff realizing that what they're going to do is stand and create some sort of uh third party economy third party economy where a hundred dollars in stamps is seventy dollars in cash. <laughs> right. Right? Like people are resilient. So 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 my point is like the same space that we given people to to people like myself have been able to reframe stuff. We need to give every member of our society the possibility to do the same thing if we're mm-hmm. thinking about the success and future of, of us as a whole. So I'm, I'm done there. Word up, word up. Well, I think, you know, I think that's a solid review. Oh, man, I think it's, a, it's an extremely solid review. <laughs> and, and, and again, shout out to all those who are feeling the impacts of what I'm going to call the two-headed dragon of climate change and lack of accountability on the federal level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I mean, with that, I'll just close with, man, like, hey, yo, check the links um, when I post some. If you want to, you know, if I post a couple things folks could contribute to. But also, man, do, don't be bashful. Feel free to break, reach out to the world and look around for things where you could, you know, if you, you know, you could put a little money on somebody's situation. Um, and And also... Where you know, and we we in the the election of election seasons, man. Get involved, get engaged, fam. I ain't, I ain't telling you who to pick or none of that. Right. I mean, I guess I That's could, right. but I mean, I'm let you make your own decisions. But you know, more than half of the people don't really be voting. <laughs> Listen, so the fact that you're right, the fact that <laughs> I just want to say this: real. in any world where thirty percent of the people decide the outcomes for hundred percent of the world. We call that the fix. Yeah. So why is it not the fix in American politics? And I'm done. Yeah. So, you know, just to say, get in the game, right? <laughs> you miss all the shots you don't take, my man. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my brother. I'm Majestic. Uh, much love to all the families, uh, communities, uh, people across Oregon, across uh, Washington, California, uh, anywhere else you know, impacted um, and, and, and harmed by these fires. Uh, I put some links in the show notes for some of the uh, places you can go to if you want to donate something or put something on on this situation. Uh, thank you to you, the listener. Um, been a wild month. Uh, October is going to be something something special though. We're going to be ratcheting up the uh, the consistency and the frequency and various other things. Um, be on deck. Um, you can support Dash Ohead Podcast and Ask Your Ohead Family a Podcast. There's good brothers and more to come at 
Patreon, just look up Ash Old Head or Justice Raji. You can find me on uh, the internet <laughs> anywhere as Justice Raji. Uh, also, Good Brothers Pod on Instagram. Shoot us a message uh, if you like what you hear. You can find the podcast anywhere podcasts can be found on the internet. Um, all of the platforms, all of the tools. So please uh, search us out, listen, share with someone else. Uh, thank you again. Be safe. Peace.